You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. To hear the rest of this week's show, exclusive episodes, and more, subscribe today at patreon.com slash crspodcast or clockradiospeakers.com. Oh, oh for show. How you doing, Still Armand? doing this undock? Oh, for show. <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. Sipping on a smoothie. My wife made me a smoothie. It's beautiful weather outside. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Shout out to Jeezy. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm shout good. I'm G- good. How are you? You mean shout out to Mr. Rogers? No, 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 no. Remember, he had... Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. As I said, there was a song on the inspiration. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what my wife and I listen to. We listen to, like, random No Limit and in, in Jeezy albums and, like, break them down because that's, that's her era. And it's fascinating to me how much she knows. Like, she could really be, like, a Clock Radio Speakers guest if we ever did, like, a Jeezy Definitive 15. Mm-hmm. She she she'd be great for it, like for sure. She she could definitely keep up. Has anybody ever sampled Mr. Rogers' "Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood"? I hope not. <laughs> no, probably not. I'm sure something's something's happened. I could like too- I, that feels very like 2000s mixtapes mixtape ish, yes. right? Where it's like you open Mr. Rogers, but then there's like some gun cock noises and there's some some cannon noises that you sample because you don't know what a gun actually sounds like, and then you start you start rapping. Like, I could see that for sure. And hand claps. <laughs> oh, we're talking hand claps today. Definitely hand claps. Oh, yeah, we are talking hand claps today. Lord have mercy. <laughs> what do we yes, talk about we today, are. Armand? Man, uh, definitely one of Doc and I's favorite producers of all time. We're yes, doing sir. a definitive 15 on The Alchemist. Ooh. This should be a lot of fun. He's had an interesting career, you know. I think the first time I heard an Alchemist beat was Murder Music, right? That's Thug Music and um, The Realist. And The Realist. Mm. Uh, might have been a Dilated People's record for me. Mm. I don't know. I have to look that up. Let's, let me just go ahead and pull up this wiki right now. Oh, don't think I don't have it right over here on my second screen. <laughs> he did, let's see uh third degree i don't know if you would have heard that song in 96 otherwise um, yeah defara oh yeah for yeah for me it was a uh, terror squad oh, terror squad because that came out that came out after murder music i thought murder wait hold on terror let's just see okay terror squad came out september 21st 99 murder music came out like june august okay august 17th okay all right yeah sure but uh, maybe one of those records leaked hmm Cause I feel like I heard "Bring It On" pretty early, cause it was on that Alchemist. It was like an Alchemist beat tape that leaked that that came out on the internet, and oh. like I I wrote a lot of raps to that <laughs> to that beat tape, like a '99 oh, Alchemist beat tape. Yeah, oh my it had, god. Yeah, it had a lot, but like most of the beats were unreleased. Mm. So it was this one, and there was maybe like one or two that were already out, and there's like eight tracks. The rest of them were unreleased, and they were good. So I was doing a lot of writing back then. That's when I was just writing to write. I miss those days. Like, oh, I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, no. Oh. Now you got me looking at this track list for this Terror Squad album. I forgot about what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who, who produced that? Juju from the Beat Nuts. See? The Beat man, Nuts, man. Look. Completely, talk about completely forgotten. As, as like producers. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you want to talk about underrated, oh my god, like ridiculous. I don't know if you can do a definitive fifteen for the beat nuts, but like, if you did a definitive five, 
That's a very strong five. Like an incredibly strong five. Yeah, five would be really easy, I think. Off five books, would be easy. Watch out now. Beating us forever. No escaping this. No escaping this. And what, turn it out? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> why have why didn't we get Greg Nice for Armand and Doc? Oh. Is he on cameo? <laughs> you know what? Did you hear about um this this is this is just gonna date when the podcast when we record this podcast. Yeah. Did you uh did you hear about uh what Vince McMahon is doing with WWE? No. And the wrestlers? No. So <clears throat> um basically he's giving them 30 days to um stop using any third party um uh profiles applications or whatever I did platforms hear about this. Yeah, yeah 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 from using their likeness now what what is throwing people off is that wrestlers are considered independent contractors uh-huh but should but and they're not touring they're not doing you know a lot of them make their money off of merch and you know, bonuses from doing live shows and they're not getting that. So a lot of people are relying on, you know, cameos and uh, Twitch, this Twitch streams and YouTube streams and YouTube channels. And so I saw, saw, (laughs) they said Andrew Yang cut a baby face promo on Vince in the WWE, which I thought was hilarious. But I saw that one of the wrestlers uh, was a, a, a female wrestler named Paige, um, who since retired due to injury, but she's just still on staff, like doing other stuff. But she changed her. She had a pretty popular Twitch page and she just switched it to her real name. Mm. So that seems to be the way around it. We'll see. Um, Cause I think the date, I think the cutoff is like October 3rd. So very, very interesting. Like I, I'm just, I'm just shocked at how many things Vince McMahon is getting wrong. So you're an independent contractor, but you probably don't own the rights to your own like wrestling name necessarily. Correct. Most people, most people don't some, some of them do, but most of them don't. That's pretty foul, man. Yeah, man. Yep. So when they go to other promotions, you know, that's why somebody's name would be changed. You know, it would be, Oh, what's, uh, you know, I'm trying to think who's somebody who's, whose name changed that we know about. I don't know, but their names, they show up on WCW and their name is slightly different. It's like Ahmed Johnson was like Big Swole or something like that. Big Swole. Or Big A or something like that. It's like, no, it's Ahmed Johnson. And they would just say when he'd come out, they'd be like, that's, that's. (laughs) They try to get you all excited and you're like, it's funny because they'd have to rely on the fact that you actually watch their competitor. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that, that's so what they've talked about doing is or the rumor is, is that they're trying to create like their own platforms within the WWE ecosystem that are similar to a cameo, similar to a Twitch. You know, they're trying to, you know, monopolize all that oh, stuff, too. But it's wants like a cut. He absolutely wants he a wants cut. a 360 deal. He absolutely wants a 360 deal, which is why we're talking about this, because it's parallel to hip hop, but like or the music business in general. But it's like. It's so weird how Vince and WWE, like, they want recognition from legitimate uh, news outlets so bad, but they also don't want to um, venture outside of their ecosystem. They also have not done anything successfully outside of wrestling. Like, movies, no. Uh, They had social media, they had tout, 
<laughs> they bought this social media thing called Tout that died. They had like a Facebook styled social media platform called the WWE Universe that died. Like nothing they've done where they go outside of or where they try to take something, an idea that's outside of them and bring it in and basically like vince it. Like it never works. But to your point, something that we talked about offline, it's like you kind of have to exist outside of your ecosystem and then pull them in. So there's people who may not necessarily watch wrestling, but they'll watch, you know, a guy that they used to watch wrestling. Like um, they'll watch him play video games for an hour, mm. you know, so I, I don't know, man. It, it's crazy, but it's also interesting. Like we're just in a really fascinating time on so many different levels. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, with hip hop, there's a lot of parallels, right? Where it's like, okay, once you're, you know, you used to be popular producer or rapper, and now you are not really, but you've got a name. So mm-hmm. what do you do to keep money flowing in? Yep. You know, and conversely, we're talking about Alchemist today, a guy who we're sitting here 21 years since, I mean, he technically had his first beat on a project in 96, but like most people heard him in 99, 21 plus years. And he's like, he's still getting beats, the top tier rappers. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of amazing. Just now got the Jay-Z feature in 2020. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And we're going to talk about like reinventing yourself, but still staying true. You know, people talk about that all the time, like staying true. I hate that phrase, staying true. I don't even know why I used it, but you know, those, those are the people who, uh, in your yearbook in high school, write Never change. <laughs> How you tell a 16 year old to never change? <laughs> You're not even finished growing yet. <laughs> your brain doesn't even know what it's doing. No, not at all. You haven't never even changed. left your house yet. Stay cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't have any of my, my yearbooks. I do, hated high school. <laughs> do your kids like, are yearbooks still a thing? Uh, you know, I don't, that's a great question. I have to ask my daughter if I'm sure my, I'm sure my son, I I think it's a thing for the parents. Like I'm sure, I'm sure somebody makes a yearbook, but like, I feel like when the yearbook came out, like the rest of the day was shot. Yeah. You were just running around getting people to sign your yearbook Yeah, and trying to figure out what pages, what pages you were on for sure. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how I have to ask my daughter because I don't know how I don't know how big of a deal they are in high school. I feel like she would have shown it to me or said something like, yeah, I bought a yearbook today. And that's just something random that she would bring up to me. And she didn't bring it up last year. And Mm. she likes high school. So I think she would have gotten one if it was a big deal. She likes high school. Yeah. She hated middle school. She likes Mm. high school. I was going to say, you can't like all your years of school. Like there's everybody has a period of time they hate. Ooh, boy, she hated middle school. Mm. She hated middle school. It was the way. It was really bad. It was bad. Yeah. It was. It was justifiable hate. I, I understand. Justifiable hate. It was. I understand why she felt that way. It was totally. But yeah, now nah, she likes high school. You were. At least you were. You were, last ready, you were ready to cut some some promos of your own towards the teachers in that school. Um, no, I wasn't going to cut a promo. I was just going to run in with a steel chair. <laughs> yeah, it was like one or two teachers in particular. Um, it was actually like, it was a lot of the students, oh. you know, kids are, kids are mean. Man, kids are terrible. Like I know, I know, people, <laughs> I, I know everybody loves their own children or their relatives, children for the most part, but like aggregate kids are bad, man. I don't know if y'all know this. <laughs> yeah. There's you ever oof. get a group of like 13 year olds in a room. Good God. Yeah. 
Yeah, dog. I I definitely uh I definitely scoff at kids when I'm at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> like a, like a really like a really healthy heart hearty scoff. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> you have $8 between the six of you. Why are you here? <laughs> You're taking a valuable space. Social distancing. <laughs> These kids aren't distancing. Get them out of no. here. Oh no, then. Did you see what was that Stanford? One of these schools kicked out 11 freshmen. Boston University. Okay, yeah, for not adhering to social distancing and kept their tuition. And tuition's like 36 grand. Like, yeah. that's nuts. Yeah. How do you expect these kids to social distance? It's not, it's not happening. Yeah, so my, my alma mater, UConn, they, uh, they, they did like 40% um, capacity for the dorms is what mm-hmm. they went with. And so basically, like, nobody has a roommate. Right, you've got you got everybody's got a, a solo, okay. which that's one way to do it for sure. But then they still have yeah. to like go to some classes and go to the dining halls, and they've got you know all this stuff. But like they've got this tracker, and you can just see the numbers go up slowly and slowly and slowly. And it's just like me and a couple of alums I know, we've got like sort of an informal bet where it's like, what day do you think they're just going to say, forget it, we're out of control? So far, they're trying to hold the line, but it's like, even though you're at forty percent capacity, you still invited thousands of of right. 18 to 22 year olds who are most likely going to make poor decisions. Yep. You've all put them mm-hmm. in, in one spot. The advantage UConn has is it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I used to work at Yale, which is right in the center of downtown New Haven. So like, I don't understand how you're supposed to like remotely social distance there or, or keep people from who aren't on campus from being on campus. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't do anything approaching a bubble. Right. When you're at a university that's so integrated with the town, but UConn's in the middle of nowhere. So they could kind of try a bubble and they're, I think, sort of trying a little bit, but you can only do so much because, you know, it's not like you have to show ID to get in or anything. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you can just walk in. So, yeah. you know, like we're taking a, we're, you know, we're, we're going to go for a, for a drive later today and we're going to take our dog and, you know, we were like, oh, should we stop at, at UConn? Cause they got a really great ice cream place there. And I was like, God, no, they're having like a mini coronavirus outbreak right now. I want no part of that place, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I give it to like, I'd be surprised if a lot of these colleges made it to like the holiday. We're, we're definitely uh, dating this podcast right now because when you are listening to this, it is not going to be when we are recording <laughs> this and that is okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, y'all will be fine. Dude, I mean, you could just reference this episode and be like, man, how wrong were they? <laughs> or, right. you know, you could just, this is just a, a clock Stradamus all over again. Right. When this is released and, you know, there are fires in the cities and everybody's got COVID and it's early 2021, we're going to be like, wow, <laughs> those were simpler times. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. Hey, hey, man. Anyway. Anyway, your man, Alchemist. Yes. ALC. So, uh, every time we do a definitive 15, we, we try to recap a little bit. So my, uh, what we always try to say is the whole point of a definitive 15 is, okay, you've got 15 records to play for somebody who isn't that familiar with that artist's work. So mm-hmm. if I had 15 Alchemist songs to play, what would I play? Right. And mm-hmm. sometimes with rappers, I think with rappers, especially, and even some producers, one one popular thing we do on this show is we we say okay well let's get a little bit from this era and a little bit from that era try to really you know sort of sort of sprinkle it out sometimes we go with the no i'm giving them just the the 15 best armand did you take one of those two approaches or did you have a different approach i took both mm, okay um so i took like 
the best, like the really definitive, like if if there was a DJ that was just wanted to play like a if there was a best of alchemist mixtape. Yeah. Um, there there are records that I would play. Um, and then like the last maybe like three or four were just my favorite, favorite, favorite alchemist mm. records because he's one of my favorite producers. It's like, no, let's let's showcase not only does he have like these records that you've probably heard. Um, if you have somewhat of a, you know, uh, uh, hip hop, you know, knowledge or whatever. Um, but then these are my favorites because Alchemist is dope. That's what I want. What about you? Where'd you go? Normally, I'm an advocate for let's try to get a sampling of the whole career. And I've got, you know, so I have 12 that I could pick out and I could safely say, yeah, these are in my 15. Then I've got like, <laughs> we need to have a conversation about the last three spots on my list. And in there are definitely you know, a beat or two from later on in his career, but I'm definitely partial to a certain portion of his career, mm-hmm. which is one of the things we're going to, we want to talk about as we go through this, right? Is like, he definitely has different notable eras. I'd say yes. like four, maybe. Yeah. At least three. Um, yeah. we could, we could go through and find four. I think, I think four is right though. Right. Cause one of those eras I wasn't around for, and that's what I noticed. Mm, yeah. Well, that, that might have been the, if you're good, if you weren't going to be around for one of the eras, that might not have been the worst, but we'll talk about that. Hmm. Oh. Oh, we might be in. I also a prediction. I, I think we're going to, there's going to be like five ish. Maybe th- there's at least three and probably three to five that you and I are just absolute agreement on. Out of all the definitive 15s, I have no clue which of these beats you decided are in your top 15, right? Because he, he has so many fav He has so many that I'm just like, I love that beat. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not confident at all that we're, cause sometimes we do this and it's like, Oh yeah, you got to have this and you got to have that. Like he's got a handful where it's like, Oh, you got to have it. But after that, we can go in a lot of different directions. Yeah. That's what makes this show great. So, so let's, on, let's, let's get into it. Yeah. Where, uh, do you want me to start? Yeah, you start. I started the last one. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm going to start with, I'm going to start in 1999. We're going to start early in his career. Okay. This is such a no brainer. You know, you and I were talking recently about, uh, beats that make you want to run through a brick wall. Mm-hmm. This could get the lead off on, on such a, on such a playlist. Mm-hmm. It was originally intended for prodigy, but this artist snatched it up instead. And that's Faramanche with no mercy. Definitely on my list. Absolutely. Yep. This beat is ridiculous. Crazy. I, I think it's better that it didn't go to Prodigy, honestly. I think we said that when we talked about internal affairs. Uh, like, yeah. how do you not get MOP on this record? <laughs> yeah, I mean, MOP isn't always the perfect addition to every record. Like, Shot the LFO. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if they, I don't know if I needed them on You Don't Know. Yeah, but that was more of a um, that was more of a hey guys, we did a thing. That was a welcome to the rock remix. Mm, yes. <laughs> so I I get that, and though I understand your perspective too, because like I mean nobody goes to the you don't know remix. I think in general you don't know didn't need a remix with updated drums. It just it wasn't necessary. Yeah, it was a Rockefeller flex. Oh, it's definitely a just just blazes. Like, what's that? You want me to get Beatty McBeat Maker even more? Yeah, you want louder beats? Watch this. <laughs> right. Um, but no mercy. My goodness. Um, this is crazy. You know, Internal Affairs. I'm a huge fan of. It's a very well produced album, and even on a very well produced album, this beat sticks out. Just great, like 
I love the intro, like in such a weird way, right? There's not much going on, but the way it's just descending and like, you just know something's going to happen. And I love when that beat, when the beat drops, like it, I don't know. I just love this beat, man. It's amazing. It's amazing. It it reminds me of like going up a roller coaster. Mm. Like that initial, yeah, yeah, that yeah. initial ascent where you don't know how far and you're like, yo, this is still going up. <laughs> and you're like, wait, help. <laughs> You know are, are you are you a roller coaster fan? I can't remember. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I can't do it as much now because I'm old. Because it hurts afterwards. Like my, yeah, my neck and my back hurt afterwards. But oh yeah, I'm a rider for sure. <laughs> you're not a roller. You're a rider. <laughs> um, Put us together. How are they gonna stop both of us? <laughs> uh, Marissa, uh, I've definitely had to like convince her over time to be okay with roller coasters. I think for her, the part that she hates is is the climb, right? It's that intro. Yeah. You know, yeah. But once you survive the intro, you know it's all good. And no, this this beat is great. MOP is great on it. This is classic record, incredible, just incredible beat. Yep, I agree. I agree. It's a okay. no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's go with. Where can we go? I mean, I left. I left some no brainers just waiting for you. Okay, let's just kill the no brainers then. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna let you get this other no brainer. Okay. But this, for a lot of people, is Alchemist's best beat. Mm. Um, definitely his most memorable. Um, if you go on YouTube, there is a a beat battle with him and Just Blaze in like 2008. And this is the beat that he uses to win because it's the... When you hear this sample... Did you, oh, side note, did you hear about Dilla getting sued? For what? With the sample? Hold on. The beat dog. I mean, sure, so, he sampled a lot, but... Right, he sampled a lot, and of course, a lot of those weren't clear. So, uh, Lightworks from Donuts... Oh, yeah, 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 ...ended up... Somebody ended up putting it in a documentary on Netflix. Oh, no. And that caught the... Oh, or no, not not Lightworks. I'm sorry, Working, working on, on Working on it, I see it right now. Yeah. Oh, on uh, two Dave Chappelle specials. And so, the, the owners were like, hey, wait a minute. Netflix has and, money. And they're suing the estate. Yes, but they're suing the estate. They're not suing Netflix. They're suing yeah. the estate. So, yeah, man, crazy, 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 crazy. But um, yeah. So the way this sample comes out of nowhere when you listen to the sample is beautiful because the rest of the song sounds nothing like this mm. portion. And I think there's a testament. You know, you really got to give it up to producers because producers just have the task of finding the beat. And that can be really hard. Um, you can't see it right now, but I'm doing the Barry Horowitz, pat myself on the back. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, for some producers, it's like, all right, it has to be in the first five seconds or I'm skipping. Some people are like that. Some producers will sit and listen to the whole record. Some will just kind of skip through, just kind of tap through. Yeah. Um, and with this, yeah, it's like deep in the song. But, uh, you know, bless Alchemist for finding this, this sample. Um, and then bless him for selling it to, to Raskas and then saying, oh, never mind. And then selling it again to Jadakiss. Um, and that is We Gonna Make It. Shout out to Home Sweet Home. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I liked it back then just because it was something that nobody else had or nobody knew the story. Oh, I definitely had that burned on on uh, on CDR for sure. For sure. Yep. But, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, eh. yeah, sh- yeah. Shout out, uh, yeah, shout out Razzcast, but yeah, shout out Jada Kiss and Styles, and then randomly putting Eve on the remix. Yeah, I was I was listening to this beat uh, 
on my morning uh my morning walk with my dog this morning and um you know it's got hand claps it's definitely like of a time mm-hmm. but like oh my god it's i mean you hear the sample the sample is, is incredible believe me as somebody who has gone back and attempted to do something different with that because i like to like you know it's it's fun sometimes to be like oh this producer used this part of this song to make this famous beat let me go see if there's anything else in that song that they didn't choose that could also be interesting Mm-hmm. No, nah, there's nothing in that. No, he really got every last bit <laughs> out of that sample. Um, it's this song is just iconic, you yeah. know. Um, we've talked on the show a million times about how, like, I mean, Jada comes out of the gate, and I mean, you know, there was other, you know, he had put your hands up, but I mean, really, the 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 two shot combo in fall of two thousand one of knock yourself out, we gonna make it is just unbelievable, you know. He and I mean, it, the song, the the lines in the song are completely like. There's so many iconic lines that, like to this day, I still remember. Yeah, and not People even and not even just the the bathtub lift, you know, walls lift up. Like, there's a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dead rappers get better promotion. Yeah, that's lived on for sure. Yep. Um, this is a no brainer. It was absolutely on my list, of course. Um, it's on anybody's list. Like, you know, if you make an Alchemist Definitive Five. We gonna make it is on that list. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I was just I, I, so I love that uh, MTV has kept their archives up. So they have an article from uh, May of two thousand and one, where uh, Raskas is uh, mad at Alchemist for um, for selling this beat to to Jadakiss. Yeah. <laughs> what did he? Does he say anything of note, or is he just? Um, well, basically, it's like look, like. In 99, they like came to an agreement that there was going to be three beats and uh, for, for Raskas's album that eventually became Van Gogh. Or what was supposed to be Van Gogh. I think mm-hmm. that, that, I don't even, that, that didn't come out, right? I don't think it came out. Because eventually he came out with Golden Child? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, basically, um, you know, that was the deal. And I guess the way it worked back then, not sure if this is still the same. You know, the industry is very different. Is uh you know you got paid half up front and then half when it actually like made the project, and mm. uh, you know, Raskas told him, yeah, my album's being shelved. So he's like, okay. So he <laughs> turned around and uh, offered to give <laughs> Raskas his money back. And I mean, it's amazing how I mean, <laughs> you know what the uh, you know how much he charged for for the beat to Raskas for Home Sweet Home? Oh my God! Why? Oh, how much? Seventy five hundred dollars. Wow. This is, that's 99, 2000, like peak music industry. They've never made more money in their entire lives. Man, I would, I would, if I got paid 7,500 for a verse right now, I'd be like, absolutely. <laughs> Do you want two verses? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So I, I get it. I didn't realize that uh, Alchemist was supposed to put out a project of his own called Chemistry Files in mid 2001. Didn't that eventually come out like well, much he, later on? Yeah, he eventually put out some stuff, and but the lead single to that was going to be um, "Big Daddy Can," "Big uh, Big Daddy Kane," "Man the Icon." We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> we'll not, get there. Not on any of my lists. Okay. All but right. no, I hear I'll you. get there. I I love that they've got all this. Also, this is great. Anyway, um, I love that Alchemist is like, I'll give you the money back because you know he got a much bigger beat from. Rough Riders and Interscope. A much yeah, bigger uh, paycheck, I mean. Check, He's absolutely. like, sure, you want 7500 That's fine. 
Absolutely. Ah, uh, all right. So, uh, we it's your turn. My turn. Okay. Well, we're gonna keep it super obvious so we can get to the the deeper cuts or the more okay. the stuff we're gonna disagree about. Um, also from two thousand one. Also a completely iconic beat with completely iconic lines. Also on my list of beats that make me want to run through a brick wall. Maybe hmm, we should talk about when when this rapper's last like really great, great moment was. I don't know if this is the last great, great moment, but this might be his last peak moment. And that's Prodigy with Keep It Thorough. One million percent on my list. Yes. This beat is bonkers. There's not much to it, actually. But mm-hmm. like the simplicity of it is what makes it work. Yeah. The breakdown, all of it. And Prodigy, oh man. Two thousands Prodigy is he, he's in it's like a it's a resurgence of sorts where it's not it's not quite ninety-five from a lyrical standpoint. Yeah. But he's got a little more hair on his chest, so to speak. <laughs> there's a there's a different level of confidence that he's rapping with. Um on the H and I C album in general, but on Keep It Thorough specifically. Yeah, because yeah, he, he it, caught, I feel like he caught a lot of flack for um uh his verse on the QB Finest single. What was it? Uh The Bridge 2001. Yes. That was back when people, yeah, people were giving him giving him crap because this is like Jay-Z battle. Right. You know, and you know, the narrative was starting to come out that like, hey, Prodigy is, has lost a step. Mm. It was definitely that back then, for sure. Well, because he, he caught a lot of flack. For I mean, because he yeah. talked about a snowball rolling downhill. Like it just wasn't, <laughs> you know, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, wait, but that's that's 2000, not 2001. I'm sorry. I thought that was 2000 for some reason. So um, same era. But yeah, H, you know, HNI, HNIC was definitely um, long in the making. Yes. That's supposed to come out in 99, right? Well, 2000? yeah, they, they had records for, I mean, when they were making murder music, they had records where they're like putting them aside, trying to figure out because, you know, um, Quiet Storm was originally for uh for hnic mm-hmm. talk about man, just imagine you're sitting there and you're like ah, i guess you know my lead single can't be quiet storm i guess it'll have to be keep it thorough oh, my god yeah it's crazy <laughs> or maybe it was man quiet storm i had to give that up for the album i need something just as crazy and alchemist is like wait right there yeah no keep, keep, it thorough. keep it thorough is so i'm re- there's a complex today like stories behind alchemist classic records Mm-hmm. So let's see. What did he say about keep it thorough? Sorry, scrolling through. Um, Bingo board. So yeah. So when the the sessions that like yeah. So he he confirms that like when he um when he uh when he first started working with Mob Deep that Prodigy is working on HNIC simultaneously. So like keep it thorough comes out of that uh, murder music, uh, you know, thug music, the realist, all that. Um, not the realist. Sorry. Um, yeah, the realist. Um, comes out of all those sessions, which is just you could. So that's interesting. Like you could put together if you think about it. Like it's a really interesting. Like one point five of like the what of uh, what are basically the murder music sessions. Hmm. That's a that real, would be crazy. That's a real peak time for for Mob Deep, obviously. But yeah, I mean, keep it thorough. What can I say? Um, one of my favorite one of my favorite hip hop songs ever. For sure. All right, those are those are three super obvious ones. I okay. feel like from here, we're still going to have some in common, but we kind of maybe start to go in some slightly different directions. I don't know. I, w- I want to see what you got. 